Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey guys, it's Candice and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yep, we thought we'd have everything figured out by the time we were in our 30s. But surprise, we don't, and that's okay. Not many people do as we're learning, as we continue this journey on this podcast. Today, we have really special guests. Um, We have two members of the band, The Fray. We have Isaac Slade and Joe King with us. The Fray is an American rock band from Denver, Colorado, and they've achieved great success with the release of all their albums. The first one, How to Save a Life, was released in 2005, certified double platinum. I'm sure you guys know many of their songs. Other songs you might know of The Fray are Over My Head. Um, We're big fans of the song Never Say Never, which was a really important song for the Vampire Diaries. It was in our pilot episode and kind of a theme song for Kayla and I. So to say that we've been Frey fans for a long time is an understatement. Um, I've also become an even bigger fan over the years because I'm married to one of these gentlemen, Joe King. I am very lucky enough to call um, my husband. They're joining us today. And we had a lot of questions, particularly about the song How to Save a Life. Um, some of you guys might know it from Grey's Anatomy. Some of you guys might know it from mixed CDs back in the day, or you might have it on a streaming Spotify playlist currently. Um, some of you might be listening to it for the first time because Governor Andrew Cuomo just released a PSA with that song um, playing in the background of photos of New Yorkers encouraging them to stay home, to stay safe during this global crisis. So we wanted to sit down with Joe and Isaac to discuss um, how they feel about that and and the journey that this song in particular has taken them on over the last 14 years. So without further ado, here we are with Isaac Slade and Joe King of The Fray. And we're back with Isaac Slade and Joe King of the fray. Hey guys. 
Time I don't- <laughs> Good morning. Uh, before we started recording, uh, my husband, Joe, uh, was like, I'm just so happy I made the cut. And in reality, we wanted to have a have an episode with you guys for a long time. So this just works yeah. out that everyone's home. We all had time to do this. I mean, you know, teenage Kayla's tongue tied right now. This is pretty special. <laughs> I mean, listen for me. This has been a uh, 15 month long ambition of mine, fully <laughs> fully realized today. So I I'm honored uh, to be to be here uh, to be a guest in my house. Likewise, no, for real. It's been so fun watching you guys, you know, pull this thing together from inception, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. It's it's great. You guys have have a meteoric podcast cast rise i'm happy to be on the comment <laughs> thank you we've had fun going to all of your concerts thank you for all the free tickets um just a little shout out uh to kick it off and but in all seriousness we wanted to talk with you guys because we're all staying home right now um it is april 20th and we are in the middle of a global pandemic and a few weeks ago on april 10th governor cuomo released a video um really showcasing uh, the importance of staying home for his state of New York and decided that your song, How to Save a Life, was the perfect, um, you know, message for the state of New York. And so that's why we really wanted to talk to you guys today. How are you feeling right now, a few weeks in, knowing that um, your song was chosen for such uh, an important moment in our global history. This is always the moment in radio interviews when Joe and I have that meaningful look and one of us makes it clear to the other person who's going to talk first, but I don't know how to do that. On Zoom. It's usually that nod. I know. It's, it's hard to, to see the. It's really hard to do on here. I got you. <laughs> well, I know for me, um, the, the moments we've had with that song are so like mind boggling that um, that's like, I don't have a category for that song anymore. Um, And I think we have a lot of songs that are, that are great and people love them and they're fun or they're like a great live moment. Um, But that, that one in particular, I think Joe and I have had these moments over the years with fans where people just come up and they, they say, Hey, I'm so-and-so I got to tell you my story. And then they just, launch into almost like priest parishioner confession mode and at first I was so weirded out because you know they would go from zero to 60 stranger on the street telling us you know their worst moment um, and how how some some connection to that kind of either the pain of it or the recovery from it or both kind of had some connection to the song and at first I was I was kind of weirded out to be honest because you know it's like walking into a Chipotle and some guy's telling you about his like most most horrible moment, and then I started noticing like it, in a way it's like what Joe and I and the guys all set out to do, which was to almost <clears throat> create like a I don't know sacred is the right word, but like a special space um, in people's moment wherever they are whether they're in the subway on their way to work or if they're in their worst moment or if they're bored out of their brain wherever they are we tried to make these songs like a portable safety chamber that you can kind of um, hide in and heal in and find hope in and bring all of your pain and all of your disappointment and despair as well so you know when when they called i think it was just like more of that. It felt like like more of that uncategorizable. Still can't believe we got to be a part of of a song like that. That that you know people people dig and kind of find their own solace in. Yeah, I mean, well said. It uh, you know when 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 you're writing when you're writing a song, you can never you, you never you can never plan on what the song will do or where it'll go or, or who will even hear it. And I mean, you just, you write a song and you hope that it becomes, you know, part of somebody's story or it, it, it just has a life of its own and, and people actually even hear it, um, which is, uh, you know, a challenge even. Um, but, you know, I think when, you know, when we wrote it, we were just trying to be honest. We were, we were just, we were trying to just 
share what we were questioning in life at that point. And, and it was, and it was real and it was just, um, I think if anything, we just, authenticity was always important to us. Um, and just being, just being straight just being real with what we're trying to do not trying to write a pop song or not trying to write a song that will work on the radio or just, just write what's, what's, you know, true to us. Um, and we would, we were hoping that that would work. Um, I think, I remember, I remember, you know, people telling us when we started the band, um, and it probably was even like, you know, bar owners when we were trying to play, you know, for 50 people in front of, you know, at a bar, you know, you know, we, we would be told like, you know, this is a, it's a lot harder to play originals. You know, it's a lot harder to, it's, it's a long, it's a long process. You know, it takes a lot of patience. You know, you can come in here to this bar and you can play, you know, 10 cover songs and people love it and they'll go crazy. And, Better tips. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, it was just never us. We were just never that cover band. We were never a bar band, and we we just wanted to write our own stuff. And and it took a lot longer because of that. But um, I think what what you know to answer your question now, um, to me, it's just the, the song. Like Isaac said, is is t- it, it, it's taking on a life of its own. It, it, it is bigger than all of us. It's bigger than the fray. It's bigger than you know, you know, what we could have ever imagined. Um, But to the point where it's bigger is, is it because it's, I think it's because it's become part of people's stories. And I think that was our our biggest, our hope, you know, in writing a song, you know, the music business in in general is, you know, when I, when going through this, when, when I heard from the governor's office, you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, she reached out, the, the assistant of Cuomo, um, and she just said, uh, you know, hey, listen, we're, you know, um, we're, we're about to end, New York uh, is about to enter the most difficult and challenging time as a state that we've ever been in. Um, and that's going to be in about a few days. And, you know, we, we thought about a song, we were, we were trying to figure out a song that could go along with the message that we want to go out to all of all New Yorkers. And we just felt like your song would had and does capture the emotional impact that we that we want to share this this message um, with with our people. And you know, would you let us? Would you let us use it? Um, and of course, you know, you're completely floored and honored and and you know um, and humbled that you know a state is asking to use your song in a, in basically in a war in, in like mm-hmm. wartime. Um, yeah. And it's it, it just, it's just hard to fathom that, 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 um, a, a, a body of people, a government is, is needing your song in a way. Um, so that, that was just absolutely humbling. Um, and there's, you know, as far as like the connection to the, you know, going back to like what the music business kind of is, is built on, it's built on charts, it's built on numbers, it's built on, you know, uh, that's how labels survive is they make money and, and how artists survive too. And, but I think the, like for me, the, the biggest payoff is not, is not a chart. It's not, and, and this is something that isn't a chart based thing, right? It's mm-hmm. not, you can't measure, you can't measure this. You can't measure just, you know, someone's emotional connection to your song. And, and for us, that's, that's, that's the biggest reward. Honestly, it's the biggest reward beyond, you know, any, any kind of chart position or sales or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it really, and it really makes it more, more true now, you know, in this current environment that we're in, where just so many people are hurting and suffering. Like, like that's it. Like you just want your song to help people, you know, and, and anything else really doesn't matter. Everything else is, really doesn't matter right now. Just, you just want, you just want to do your part and to help people in our, the fact that we had a song that a state needed and wanted um, is just incredibly, incredibly humbling. I would think something like this supersedes topping any chart <clears throat> ever. I mean, when it, you know, I was talking to Candace about it. I was like, you know, this is, I haven't even seen, because they were explaining the video. Uh, and the video is basically, they asked New Yorkers to send in, uh, you know, video or a, fo- a photo of them in, quarantine and self-quarantine mm-hmm. and and share what your story is share what your life is and so it was it was a an accumulation of you know a collage of photos from all new yorkers and there's like different 
different photos, um, people in their apartment, people looking out of windows, people with their families, people laughing, people crying. It was, it was so powerful because it was just true life happening in front of you with, with our song in the background. And, um, you know, it's, it, it was just, it's just, it's just, it was incredibly moving. Well, let's take it back to when you guys wrote the song. Um, it, came out 14 years ago, not to age all of us, but it did. <laughs> and, and, uh, and obviously you guys wrote this song before. Um, did you know what you had the moment you started writing this melody, writing these lyrics? What was the songwriting process like for this song in particular? Joe and I were a bit of uh, junkyard owners like we just had a ton of random scraps and ideas melodies and lyrics and they weren't like five verse lyrics they were just like shreds of paper and random ideas you know i remember a lot of my lyrics were on all these um pastry bags at the starbucks i worked at because i'd have you know i'd have some random idea and i'd I'd be talking to a customer or I'd, I'd think of something and it's five in the morning and I don't have my moleskin. So I just like grabbed a, a pastry bag and wrote stuff on it. And we were both kind of like that. We were just grabbing ideas as we could. Joe was hustling. He was working full time. I was, I was, in, we were both in college. I mean, all of us were just in that mentality and in that mentality, kind of when it came time to, um, sort of pull the songs together, we would just kind of like roam through our voice memos and roam through our journals and kind of look for stuff. And we've always sort of had that element, at least of writing. We've evolved a lot, but you know, we still definitely have done that kind of style. So that that's kind of where How to Save a Life came. It had, it had a, a junkyard, a bunch of random kind of ideas, Frankenstein into one. Um, and then as, as we, you know, as we kind of progressed on this project we're working on for a group of songs, I remember um, Joe and I had uh, a weekend where we, we volunteered at this troubled teen center and um, they paired, like the, there was like, you know, 10 of us adults and they paired us up with, you know, 10 teenagers or something like that. And Joe and I at one point got paired up with this kid who uh, just had the most unbelievable story of recovery and survival and tenacity and courage and um you know he's a recovering i don't know lord knows what he was on but he was like he was on the climb out of the valley and the kid was like 17 or something like that in and out of jail in and out of um you know on and off the streets trying to survive and i i was so sheltered at that point in terms of you know having everything i needed ever you know my family just kind of took care of it we were just in that fortunate group of people where we always had enough food we always had enough i went to a private school i mean i you know i had all this stuff and i just sat across from this kid thinking you know uh, i had this neat and tidy idea that if somebody's hurting give him a band-aid if somebody's addicted give them a rehab if somebody's lost give them a map i mean i had i had i was 23 i had answers for everything and i could debate them and i could journal about them and everything and then all of a sudden we were confronted with this anomaly that i just remember thinking as we started writing this song like you know we're not gonna be able to do this like we we uh, i wanted to write a formula where we could put it out and be like, here's, here's the manual for helping somebody that is hurting. And as we wrote it, uh, it, it, it failed so spectacularly as a creative effort. Um, cause I don't think there is a one size fits all formula. And I was, I was telling Joe the other day, it feels like the song we have is kind of the silhouette of that effort like it's the it's the evidence of that failed experiment of coming up with the formula to help um and i think if there is any kind of process i remember from at least the inception of that song it was you know i, I desperately wanted to get up on stage and sing about what i knew and what i understood and everybody would look at me and be like damn he's got it He's got it on the block. I want to buy their t-shirt. And as we, as we ventured into the, 
the song and into some of our other songs, you know, I noticed early on, like, if this works, we're going to be famous for like talking about what we don't know, like right at the bleeding edge of what we don't understand. And, um, you know, if we get famous for one thing, I guess, I guess that's a good one to get famous for. Wait, are we famous? <laughs> for a brief period from late five to early, I don't feel time, famous. That's for sure. We were Joe, medium famous. We were. We were have- it, was, it was like a. It was like a. It was like a B minus like fame for you know couple years for like no, four no. years if you guys if snl asks you to perform you're famous okay <laughs> we, end we of actually, story well that's, that's that, a sore subject that one, that kayla sore. that one's a sore. sorry nominated to be we, famous we, we were nominated for famousness a, we didn't quite make the cut we've been licking our wounds ever since clearly snl is a wound that's that's it's a wound they 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 asked us and we we couldn't make it we were in europe or whatever and apparently you just can't say no to snl and we we just couldn't say yes because we had to cancel a bunch of shows. Anyway, we're sorry, SNL. We would have loved to play your show, but they they never wanted to invite us back. Um, as we said, they're doing an at-home version now. Maybe we should try again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So you guys write the song. Is there anything memorable for for recording the song? Obviously, this was the name of your record, so you had you know, high hopes for this song and a connection for it. Um, did you see it becoming what it was going to become shortly after you released it? Um, no, no, it was because we had a different song. That was our, our first single um, called Over My Head. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that one that one was was at least putting us in a place where we could start touring as a band um, and we could start, you know, quitting our jobs and Isaac could, you know, stop serving you know cappuccinos at starbucks which you made really good cappuccinos um (laughs) it's a good quarantine uh, skill yeah yeah it is (laughs) but we so we had that song going and we started touring um and then how to save life really wasn't i don't know if that was picked as a single until you know till later on and then um you know they 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 decided that would be our, our second single um and then i don't know probably a thousand different things happened including uh, including a, a show called Grey's Anatomy um, that just launched that song. Um, and then um, that's what it is today. It's, At what point did it end up on Grey's Anatomy? You had re- just released the song? What's I have the no, timeline? I have no idea. I have it. I have the information. So Alexandra, <laughs> a, a woman named Alexandra Patsavas, I might be um, messing up the pronunciation of her yeah. last name, but she was the music yeah. supervisor, music supervisor for yeah. Grays, and she saw you guys playing a live show in Los Angeles, and then um, decided to put great or put How to Save a Life in the Grays Anatomy episode Superstition, which aired on March sixteenth, two thousand six. Damn girl! Wow. You did your homework. It's impressive. <laughs> um, and you guys released an everything in just, 2006. It was, a, it was just an email. That's all I remember. <laughs> just email. Hey, there's there's a show, Crazy Anatomy, that wanted to use a song. Yes or no? Just like Governor Cuomo, most good things happen via email. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. I actually, uh, I remember um, my brother, Caleb, um, and I were driving up to Fort Collins from Denver. So it was like an hour-long drive. and. Um, I had just had a conference call with the guys and our manager about it. And I asked Caleb, Caleb was like a rough and tumble rugby player. He was like a repo man. He drove around with a baseball bat. And I asked him if he'd ever heard of Grey's Anatomy and he got all like soft and tender. And I was like, do you like it? He's like, bro, there's this episode and he walks me through <laughs> the one where the stop sign impales two people and they know one of them is going to die, but they're facing each other and they can't, he talks about this episode for like seven minutes. I got tears streaming down my face. <laughs> He's got tears in his eyes. And I remember thinking like, well, shit, if, if rugby Caleb gets this worked up and I'm getting this worked up over not even seeing it, it's probably fine. We'll put this song on the show. <laughs> And not only that, it just turned into such an iconic moment on the show. And then yeah. when they started to release it overseas in Australia and all of that, you guys, that song became the theme song for the show. 
I mean, did you feel that effect from it? Was it, did it feel like, I mean, you had already had success at that point, but I mean, that would change also, it changed the format in which bands and musicians were trying to get music onto television. I mean, that at first it was not necessarily like people weren't, a lot of musicians and bands weren't like enthusiastic about trying to get music on television, but then with digital downloads, it was harder to sell records. And this was a new, you know, business opportunity and a way to promote your music. And you guys were kind of ahead of that curve. I mean, it's amazing what a young musician will do for food or <laughs> beer or even $50 or just, or just a little love. Like we'll, yeah. we'll do anything. Um, it, uh, no, I mean, you, you know, we were, you know, the, we started the band, we, we've seen the music business change probably three times and it completely in, in the, the, the life of at least our band. Cause it was a, it was still a physical business, physical CDs. I'm not going to bore you, but it was like, you know, everybody knows CDs. Then it went to iTunes and the digital and, and streaming and you know, now it's all streaming. Um, and now it's not about an album. It's about a song. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, I don't, like, honestly, it was just the time, uh, the, the right time, right place for us. Because I, I honestly think like if we, number one, I don't think that Isaac and I could write that song today. Like it was just, it was that time in, in, in our lives. It was that era. It was, it was that struggle. It was the questions we had at that time. And it, it would just look different now if we were trying to write, sit down and write a song. We wouldn't, we wouldn't come out with that kind of song. Um, and, and I think it was just timing. Timing was everything for, for us. Uh, I, I think, honestly, I do think that in some ways, like if our music, if we were coming out as a band right now, just, you know, it really probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't hear us very much. Like it, it was just, it was just an era and we just happened to be in that era and we happened to be really lucky and have a lot of great people around us and, um, and just, lucky that that fans wanted to hear it and wanted to hear it again and, and would call into the radio stations and would come out to the shows. And, um, I mean, honestly, for me, it's like the biggest things that I, that I, you know, go back to, or that I hold on to, or that, that, that my favorite memories are stories from fans. Like Isaac said, things like this, you know, this, this use with New York state and, and this pandemic, um, uh, talking to fans after shows, just like, just saying hello, getting on stage with the boys playing, you know, playing with, you know, with our fans there and everyone's together. And, and when we play how to save life too, that, that is to this day, it just never gets old. And a lot of the songs that we, that will, we've been really lucky to, to play continually over the years. It just never gets old. I mean, you look out and, and people are singing every word yeah. and, you know, like last year we went to Seoul, South Korea for the first time. And, that was a trip. Like it was, you know, first time playing there and all these people came out and they were singing every lyric of every song. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, it's just, it's just hard to fathom that, that, you know, your lyrics have become part of their story. Um, and you know, it's their song now it's, 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 it becomes their song. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a uh, it's just, it's just, a tr it's like continually, I, I find myself just being kind of like, hard to grasp the reality of, of, you know, a song or what, you know, what's happening and what's, what's been, what's happened in the past. Wow. That was one of my questions I wanted to ask you guys is if you ever get sick of playing any of your hits, is there one song that, you know, it's a bit of an eye roll every time you're like, okay, we got to play this one. They all age differently for sure. Um, the good ones, I know I've talked to a lot of other musicians about this too. Like the good ones, are specific enough that they're you know they're poetic with cool imagery that sort of evokes different ideas and people and takes them places um, but they're also universal enough that everybody can kind of relate to them and if they are universal enough um, you you start bringing your new story to a, an old song that you wrote it about something completely different and there's, you know, like like a classic one is like a song that, you know, you write about a, an ex-girlfriend or, or a girlfriend that you break up with. And then you, you got to figure out how to sing that now, having not spoken with them for years and having, you know, the, the emotional heat of it is long gone. Um, and, and some songs don't age. They don't, they don't, uh, 
they don't go with you but then the good ones you know you, you bring your your new struggles with your with with the woman you're with now and you sing that same song um and you know we we've been really fortunate to have you know a, a bunch of songs like that where especially with me up there trying to make it fresh on a 35 run show run um our our songs that we've managed to cobble together over the years have a ton of those moments where you know i've been able to find like i'm i'm struggling with this today like Mm -hmm. even though we wrote this in college or we wrote this in 09 or something um and then some songs are just like absolutely for a time they're the bugle boy jacket you wore in junior high and it just doesn't fit anymore (laughs) and those songs either get um reworked like we'll cover ourselves essentially and like play a different version of it or they just slowly fall off the truck and we don't play them anymore and we hear fans request them and we just go oh okay next song (laughs) (laughs) we'll be right back in just a minute mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far so good because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. 
It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. What I found interesting um, in my opportunity of being able to join you guys and hang on the road um, is that I've been able to see you guys perform in like How to Save the Life and people are just raging. You know, you've got like people like summer concerts, spilling beers in hands, like screaming How to Save a Life. I've seen you in like tiny little radio office spaces jamming it out at like six in the morning, (laughs) you know, just pulling some favors. And then I've also been with you when you've gone to hospitals to play this song. Um, Well, because it was requested and just seeing uh, that how much the location of where you're playing and who you're playing for can just alter the meaning of it completely. Um, Are there moments like that that stand out for you guys? I remember being with you, I think it was in Philadelphia, and you guys were at a children's, um, in the children's cancer ward. Mm -hmm. And they specifically told you guys not to play How to Save a Life. They just asked. Did they really? I remember, yeah, they didn't want you guys to necessarily lead with that song and not play it at this moment. There were a lot of parents and children there. It was just a very... Yeah. emotional setting and um and so and the patients could call down from their rooms on the loudspeakers to ask you guys questions mm-hmm. and a patient called down and asked you guys to play it and you all looked at each other and said of course and it was just mm-hmm. so moving to watch you guys play that song in that setting and just look around and see these parents holding their their children and their babies just wanting to save their lives and you know and the yeah. night before you're pay- playing it for like you know, a wild concert, um, that must be a trip. Like, are there moments like that that you guys think of or that stand out? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the contrast, like you said, like you just explaining the contrast of playing that song on stage and radio stations. And I mean, it really has. We've played, we've played that song everywhere in the world. So, you know, we've, it's, it's, it's a trip to think about that. And, and um, you know, I think one of the, one of the times I look back, like we we played. I remember playing uh, USC. It was like it was like Will Ferrell was. This was at the, his like peak. I mean, it was like Anchorman era. Like he was in everything, and they they asked us to come out to USC and play on stage. The college the USC, yeah. Okay, but in the quad uh, open air, and and Will Ferrell would come out and and dance with us. Um, and so we Isaac's cracking up right now. <laughs> I forgot about that. We're like, of course, like he's our favorite. Um, and so yeah, we we got up. And, we we got there. Um, and then like the dean came down. He's like, ah, you know, something happened with his schedule, and he's going to have to unfortunately bail. But we have this, you know, all the students are coming. Um, so what we thought is like, why don't you guys, you know, play your song, and we'll have all the USC cheerleaders get up on stage with you and they can dance while you, while you play. So, so it was probably the strangest performance of the song um, in, in that setting. Cause we go into a song about, you know, questioning, you know, how to how, uh, life and, and everything in darkness. And, and meanwhile, there are 30 USC cheerleaders with pom-poms um, mm. dancing around around us and, and with us and on the piano and, uh, that, on the <laughs> piano. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, but, uh, but Will Ferrell, unfortunately never, never came. Um, he's probably on the inside stage. He's like, that song is way too sad to jump on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like, what, why would I want to dance to that song? I feel like it would have been a good lyrical interpretation. Will Ferrell style. I mean, they <laughs> won't even let them play that song in the hospital. Why would I? <laughs> do each of you have a favorite song that resonates with you most looking back of ours yeah of yours yes Mm. no uh i don't right away if you do isaac um do you have a song other than like a song that's been your inspiration throughout your creative process that isn't yours i don't i think um I, i was never that into music i was always into movies and um 
like if I have influence of, you know, when I was a little kid, it was like, I remember watching some Spielberg movies and, oh, and um, some like Norman Rockwell paintings that my great grandpa had. And they were just like this immediate um, mass appeal. Like everybody gets a Spielberg movie. Everybody, you, you may love it, you may hate it, but like you get it when you watch it and it's accessible but it's still artistic or, or I, you know, in my teenage years, I remember finding um, Annie Leibovitz, the, the portrait photographer and just resonating so much that these, these people, I started like spreading all of these influences together. There's some architects, all of my influences walked this tightrope of artistry and um, industry. Like they all had this, commercial um accessibility and mainstream presence balanced with this like artistic prowess and even the photographer richard avedon these these people like they broke the mold what you were you were supposed to be like andy warhol obscure and like flip off the mainstream or you're supposed to be like candy pop and love everybody and and these people like cracked the code so i remember thinking like the the these are my people that they can manage to be. Um, it's not big, but it's like they, they managed to emotionally connect with seven out of 10 people in a restaurant, whatever that kind of artistry is while still retaining their artistic integrity. Um, the painter Chuck close. I mean, I think of all these people that um, more than a, just to answer more than a song, I think it was a type of, type of artist and since then you know I've, I've discovered you know dozens of, of musicians that I think uh, walk that balance you know masterfully and I love them and I listen to them all the time but um, I definitely came to music from kind of the other side of the tracks. Do you think there's an element of that you both grew up in the church um, and singing songs that people were able to sing together very easily that they could remember the lyrics that it you it kind of felt like home every time you sang that song do you think that that had an influence on the way that you guys wrote i know you guys have talked about it a lot in interviews in the past but yeah for sure yeah yeah we have we have talked about that yeah i think that you know along the way we've, we've met so many other musicians and you know songwriters and bands and that are you know mainstream yeah. artists um that had similar upbringings that we did and, and, you know, learning, basically learning music and song through church, through learning church songs. And, and a lot of those like principles or fundamentals of, you know, old praise songs or hymns, um, you know, are, are the fundamentals are the same as in pop music, you know, cause they, they have to be memorable. They have to be, you know, the, that chorus, everybody has to be able to sing it. Um, and mm -hmm. the words have to be relatable. So there's just, you know, without us probably knowing it and without a, you know, a lot of our friends and peers knowing it, you're just kind of being groomed in a way, um, you know, with fundamentals of songwriting um, by learning these, you know, some of these old church songs. I think for me, if anything, like I, you know, I'm, I'm more surprised by the fact that this, that any of our songs have captured an audience. I mean, it, it, you know, from, from the get-go, you know, even on the radio, it's like, there wasn't a, there, you know, we didn't sound like the other songs in the queue. You know, it was like, you'd go from like, you know, Black Eyed Peas to, you know, Jason Derulo, like, all, you know, all these pop artists. And then all of a sudden it'd be like the sad, depressing piano song. <laughs> and, it, you know, I, I was honestly, I was just more surprised that people had the patience for it. Like down four tempo, and a half minutes, four and a half minutes, real slow. <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. like it was, it was always a, a, a bit. I'm sorry, I have my little. I have, I have our four year old down here, Candace. Um, <laughs> Hi, Florian. While, while you were upstairs in a peaceful room, um, <laughs> I am. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. She spilled some applesauce. She spilled applesauce. Um, <laughs> We're okay. Great. Great. You're doing um, great, Hubs. I'm supporting you emotionally. Nothing <laughs> like the quarantine babysitting situation. <laughs> I know. Okay. I'm well, going to clean up the applesauce real quick. If anything, just to answer your question. Yeah, I'm, I've been more surprised that our music is connected the way it is. Well, 
something that a lot of people are saying during this time of quarantine is that art will come from this. And Mm -hmm. obviously the art that you guys have made has left a huge impact enough that it's even being used to console people during Mm. this time. Um, What, how does art continue to save your life now at this point in your life um, beyond just um, the global pandemic that we're in, but just um, at this chapter of your life? Yeah. Well, I think um, I I come back to film um, and TV for for me. That's that's like the medium that really enraptures me. I think it's like it's the all-consuming involves and incorporates the beauty of music and the beauty of acting and the beauty of set atmosphere all with all with the kind of conductor of story at the helm and. Um, when I still like to this day, when I see the the card at the beginning of the movie, whether it's like the Universal Earth rolling up or like the freaking Disney Castle, whatever it is, the the MGM Lion, when I see those things, it takes me back to you know being a little kid. My my family grew up in in the movie business uh, on the theater side. We had a bunch of my great grandpa had a bunch of movie theaters. He was like one of the first people in Colorado to have drive-ins and he had all these famous movie stars so it's still art that's what comes to mind of your question like i i read stats it's staggering to see the the heartbreak that's going on um and then i i you know i can kind of throw my ipad on do some dishes while the the mgm lion roars and i start watching robert redford's the natural or something and it's like the problems are still going to be there in an hour and a half when I come back, but it's just like my whole body's just like, okay, what's real? What's, what's important? What matters? You know? And it's not just escape or something. It's more like returning to our true selves through art. And then when the movie's over, I go read the article again and I just have, you know, that much more kind of grounding and perspective. And I know the same goes for me with, with music and photography and stuff. Um, But yeah. Something about movies, man. Isaac, do you go back to the Spielberg movies and watching Robert Redford in The Natural, or do you also go forward into like the newer movies that are coming out today? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm. I think for a long time we were on the road, and I, we had tons of time to watch movies. And the guys would always be in their bunks watching movies. And for some reason, like I, I didn't have like, I forgot to watch movies for twelve years. <laughs> That's, that's no, what we uh, called it, watching movies. Yeah, watching movies. <laughs> Joe. So now I'm, I'm just stepping up. I, I'd say, guys, I'm, I'm going to watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> AKA Netflix and chill nowadays. Yeah. Basically, in a bus, you basically have like a like a little little curtain, like it's mm. a miniature curtain that covers your bunk, and it's you know it's a normal fabric curtain, but uh, it's not private. It's not very, <laughs> very private. You got it. Submarine. But yeah, I'm probably half and half old and mm-hmm. old new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love new stuff too. Joe, what are what kind of art are you turning to right now in this time of crisis? Um, you know, it's funny. You- I, I, we were we were talking about this. You know, well, I guess Candace and I were talking about it right when you know everything was fall like the fallout was happening and just you know the world was changing in a matter of 24 hours. Um. You know, I, even with some friends who were texting and I was just like, all right, you know, I'm going to use this time to, you know, write and, and just, you know, center myself and read and, you know, and really find my voice in this. And, and it has been absolutely opposite of that. <laughs> like, I haven't mm-hmm. been able to write. Like, yeah. I haven't been able to, you know, listen to that voice right now. And, and a lot of it's just because of logistics. Um, mm-hmm. I'm taking care of the needs of, you know, my family and, and that is the number one priority. And, and then number two, I'm, I'm doing my part, you know, and, 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 and that is staying home. And I think everyone is trying to do their part in this, right? Like if, if you have a business that's essential, you're doing your part to save people's lives. And, and if you have, if you're obviously in the hospital and you're, you know, one of our health workers that are the heroes, you're doing your part. But we're also in little ways, all of us are doing our part and that is just staying home. And that's really hard to do, especially when you have, you know, a, a full 
house of, of kids and, and I can't just like hide away in a corner and isolate myself and, 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 you know, write from my inner true voice, you know, <laughs> like it just, it just isn't, it just isn't in my reality right now. And that's okay. It was hard at first. Cause I was really bummed out. I was like angry that I couldn't even go to, uh, you know, I couldn't resort to, you know, my creative and, and, and that creative or, or writing in general is a release. And it's so powerful when you can be in that because it's therapeutic and, and it's also just feels, it makes you feel better, but, it just hasn't been possible for me in this time. And I've had to come to peace with that a bit too. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just a dad right now. And that's, that's not just a dad. It's, I am a dad. And that's the most important thing right now. Um, yeah. And that's enough. And I have to be okay with that and not judge myself and be hard on myself that I'm not writing or looking at what other, other people are doing or, you know, other, you know, you know, online or Instagram and, and comparing myself and, and that's a whole spiral in itself. And so I've just had to really work through that in this time, just that, you know, it doesn't, it's not going to look how I want it to, to look or how, how I expected it to look. Um, if anything, I'm just getting peace, uh, you know, in moments where, you know, I go for walks in my neighborhood and I listen to, you know, I'm listening to Teddy Roosevelt book. <laughs> um, and that's been, that's been great. Just learning history. Um, and then, you know, the times where all of us are, you know, the family sitting down and, and sharing, you know, whatever's happening in the day, whether it's pretty much nothing or a few things that the girls are learning online at school, you know, um, but it, it, it's, it just looks different than the way I thought it would. Um, and I don't, for me, art will come from this maybe later, but it's not, it's not right now. And that's gotta be hard too, as an artist to just trust yourself and know that the art or the song will come, the music will come when it decides to come. Yeah. Does it still take a while to wrap your head around that? Um, You know, I think it's, you know, with anything, I think it is if if you're just putting yourself in it, right? Like a lot of those, a lot of those early days where we were just, we, you know, we would just be in a room. Isaac and I would just put ourselves in a room and it was, you know, and we had a schedule like anybody else does. And we were, you know, going to college and working and, and we would just, okay, what's Tuesday night and then Thursday night. And we got these five hours here or there. So we'd just be in a room and, and a lot of it would be conversations. We'd be hanging out and sometimes it would be a song with birth from it. And then other times it'd be like a fraction of a song. But for, for the point is that we were just in it and we were just putting ourselves in the room. Um, and, you know, right now I'm, I'm, I'm in just a different room, you know, and, uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll get back to that place and I, and I, and I hope, hope to get back to that place. But yeah, it was just, it was just being in a room and, and you just hope that something comes to you and that you can be, you can actually capture, you know, a moment and, and, um, even if you don't know what to say, cause I think a lot of times it's not like we sat down before we were writing songs and, and we were like, all right, I know what we want to, I want the song to be about questioning life or I want the song to be about overwhelming feeling of just trying to fit in or like it just there we rarely had like the the idea of a song before we sat down to write it it usually come as we were either feeling something that we didn't know how to talk about or we just get down and, and start playing chords and melodies would come and then the song would birth but um you know it, it it's uh yeah it's it's a tricky little thing it's a tricky thing to catch um yeah, it's a little, it's a little, uh, little I, I don't know why I'm thinking of butterfly, just because we have four butterflies in our kitchen right now. Um, <laughs> Florence has four, we have that little butterfly kit. But it's like catching a butterfly outside. You're just like, you don't want to crush it because if you grab it too hard, it's going to crush the thing. And you just got to like, it has to land. It has to land in your hand. There's also a butterfly in the How to Save a Life music video. Oh, is it? So right? that's very fitting. <laughs> yeah, the caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. Oh Makes my sense. God. Okay, I forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> Full circle. So I feel like the, the song How to Save a Life has truly touched so many people um, for so many years and now has a new life of its own. Um, thanks to Andrew Cuomo and everything that is um, happening right now. Do you guys have any advice for your fans and not just the people of New York, but globally? Um, to, to help get us through this time of crisis. I can only speak for what I'm doing to get through it. And 
some days are really hard and I think allowing us to have hard days, allowing ourselves to have hard days is a really important thing to like not feel good going to bed. That's like, okay. Um, and then I think for me, another big help has been um, just trying my damnedest to like zoom out time-wise, zoom out to um, like when I'm sure everything's effed um, and I zoom out, at least I can tell what's not totally wrong. Um, and I think that's been, that's been a huge kind of mental reprieve for me just to, to remember that we as a, we as a country and we as a world have endured so many incredibly difficult things. You know, if you just look at wars or if you just look at, upheaval of nations or if you just look at like past pandemics i mean however far out you have to zoom history can be such a comfort in that that we mm. endure like we persist we evolve we invent a cure for smallpox we we this is what we do and and yes it's going to be incredibly difficult and it's going to cost so much and not everybody's going to make it and that's going to be heartbreaking. And, you know, how am I doing right now? I keep coming back to that and, and mm-hmm. holding on to, to the, those of us who came before. And my grandfather, God, God rest his soul. He used to dry paper towels on a clothesline. Like I would be like, let me throw it away. And he's like, no, 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 we got to save these paper towels. And now I, I understand a little bit like he, you know, we're, we're saving on toilet paper. We're like resisting the urge to go buy a bunch of rolls. We're like, no, 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 just buy four. We'll just, we'll get through it. And you know, all of a sudden I relate, I relate to my world war two Navy depression era grandpa Russ in a, in a way that, you know, I think it's a gift. It's a, gifts we can relate to them so those are those are the things that i'm doing that's what helps anybody else yeah i mean for me i just you know i think it's just i'm incredibly grateful for all of those millions of people right now that are putting themselves at risk um you know whether it be you know the you know the the meat packer or the truck driver or you know the Good. food essential, you know, um, you know, businesses, healthcare workers, like everyone out there that's actually putting them, putting their lives at risk mm-hmm. by helping us survive. Cause our, our, our country, our, like us as people, we have to survive. We need food. We need all these things. And there are so many people out there that are going into work every day, um, you know, and putting their lives at risk and saving people. And I know that we're all doing our part in different ways. And sometimes it doesn't feel like you're doing anything, you know, when you're just staying home, but we are, we are doing something and and it's small. And that is, that's saving other people's lives just by not exposing anyone else and and, and washing your hands and doing your part. So I don't know, for me, I'm just incredibly grateful. I'm just, I'm just so thankful for, for all of those that are, that are out there and they're actually on the front lines um, for us. And, and I just want to say thank you. Um, to all of you out there that are actually doing and saving lives. Um, and we, we just, we couldn't do this without you and you are the true heroes, um, in this, in this time. And I, I, I truly believe we'll get through this. It's, I don't know when, and it's really difficult and it's hard to, to not know when. Um, but you know, like Isaac was saying, looking at history, like we've done this before we can get through it you know, our country, our world, we can pull together and we're strong and we're resilient and we have an American spirit to get it back up on your feet. Yeah. And I think we'll do that. Um, but right now we're hunkered down and, and trying to play a song and we can't even do that. And that's really frustrating. Um, so we'll, we'll see if we can figure out the technology here to, to play a song for you. Um, but no, I just want to say thank you to everybody out there that's on the front lines. We know it's really rare for the two of you to do an interview and we just wanted to thank you so much for doing this for us and for doing this for the the public and the people because they really need it right now. So thanks. Well, uh, we also wanted to ask you guys if you would be willing to play How to Save a Life for all of our listeners today because you have created art 
that um, has a legacy and that is still comforting people and, and playing a part in their lives. And so if you guys would be open to it, we'd love to hear the song. For sure. Sit down, it's just a talk He smiles politely back at you You stare politely right on through Some sort of window to your right See those left and you stay right Between the lines you feel the blame You begin to wonder why you came Where did I go wrong, my lord? And I would have stayed up with you all night Had I known how to save my life And I know that you know best After all, you do know best but Try to slip past his defense Without granting chills truly really that was amazing thank you wow well thank you guys so much thank you just for taking the time and and for writing these beautiful songs that have been a part of all of our lives yeah it's a pleasure well i feel like that was just the chance of a lifetime to hear them perform live and discuss that song not only did I have to fight back tears, but I have chills. And um, truly that's what we need right now is to be inspired. Um, And there's so much I learned from them, not only as artists, but as human beings that um, is, I'm going to take away from this episode. Candice, how proud are you as a wifey right now? (laughs) I'm very proud. I mean, I'm just proud of um, Joe as just, I'm just proud of him as my husband. I mean, everything that he was talking about, you know, we've obviously been talking about at length while in quarantine. And, you know, as 
even though both of us are artists, you know, right now we're here and we've got three kids who are looking for guidance and who are looking for understanding and looking for comfort and, um, and we're in charge of providing that. So that's really where a lot of our attention has gone. And we find moments of art, you know, where we put, we're playing records, we're, you know, painting with our four-year-old. Um, but I'm just really, um, proud of them. I mean, I obviously, Joe and I met later on and, you know, his career and their career as a band. So I just feel like it was such a joy to be a fan of theirs and then be able to, um, you know, see them perform so many times and, and just watch their creative process. But the fact that, you know, this song is still resonating with people on such a deep level. I mean, the fact that it's a global pandemic and people are saying this could help bring people together. Um, I mean, it, that's, I've just, I'm so proud of him and I'm so proud of them as a whole that they're the kind of group that have made art like that. And that's really rare. You know, Isaac gave such great advice too. He said, when you feel like you've gotten knocked down, just get back up again. And that is something that we all can take with us. It's not just about us individually. It's about all of us globally together fighting this together. And I'm going to take that away from this. And I hope you guys too. I think listening to a song like that in an interview like we just had with them is exactly what we all need right now to constantly be inspired and to know we're not alone and that we're all in this together. Um, so we're so grateful that Joe and Isaac joined us today um, to share their wisdom and perform. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Stay tuned next week for another great episode of Directionally Challenged. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.